0: Welcome back to Sports-ish, the podcast, a place to bring the sports and the ish, a place to make sports fun, cute, and easy. This is not your boyfriend's sports news, it's sports for the girlies. My name is Lily and I am your host. Welcome back. Thank you for being here on this Friday morning I'm recording this on Thursday night late. It is late. It is 10 30 p.m. and I still have to edit after. But it is National Women in Sports Day today. I consider everyone who is a sports fan, who works in sports, who plays sports, those are the women in sports that I am celebrating today. The wives of athletes, the girlfriends of athletes. National Women in Sports Day to me celebrates. All of those. So wishing you a happy National Women in Sports Day. You listening to the podcast, you're falling under that category. So happy National Women in Sports Day. It's been quite a year for women in sports. Speaking of women in sports, it's been a big week for them. Chloe Kim at the X Games became the first woman to ever land a 1260, which is three and a half loops in the air. And, of course, one gold at the X Games. Kristen Yizik is now an official sports designer. She's been licensed by the NFL to be able to officially use team logos. And what does that mean? Hopefully, that her designs will be mainstream. That you will be able to buy her designs. She has blown up. And it's been really fun to see people cheer her on behind the scenes. And she is one of the Super Bowl wives and girlfriends. The storyline of the Super Bowl to me are the wives and girlfriends. I mean, listen, Chiefs, 49ers, two incredible teams. We're we're excited for the football piece, but the wives and the girlfriends really have captured the attention of America. Taylor is the obvious storyline here. If you had told me a year ago that not only would Taylor Swift be involved in sports somehow, she would be on the field at the AFC Championship, watching Travis Kelsey yell, you've got to fight for your right to party, and looking on with a gleam in her eye, I would have not believed you at all. I was forcing Taylor Swift into sports ages ago. You could say I manifested this. In fact, you could. You could say it, and it would be true. I did, in fact, manifest, but it's more than Taylor. You have Olivia Kolpo, who is the former Miss Universe, a professional model, and engaged Christian McCaffrey. You have Kristen Yizek, a fashion designer who was blown up overnight. In fact, you know, she wasn't even at all a professional designer. It's not what she went to school for. When she was young, she sewed and crafted and crocheted with her grandma. And a few years ago, after she and Kyle Yizek, who plays for the 49ers, got married. She was making them some Halloween costumes, uh, specifically, I think it was the Justin Timberlake Britney Spears, whose names will come up again on this podcast. She was making their Halloween costumes, and she was sewing them. And she said, after finishing that project, I got a feeling like I've never felt before, a feeling this is what I should have been doing my whole life. And then I started reworking my game day outfits for Kyle's games, So that's kind of like what reignited her spark, and then she started doing these fun designs for Kyle's games, and now she's licensed in the NFL. A very fun wag choice. You have Claire Kittle who's made a fashion statement of her own, has a very big social media presence. You have Brittany Mahomes who, for no reason at all, is the most polarizing figure. There was a video circulating of Brittany Mahomes this week where she asked a security guard after the AFC championship, so they were in Baltimore, Chiefs win, they're exiting the field, her and Patrick, and she asks a security guard when Patrick goes onto the locker room, she says, so where do I go now? That It, it was exactly like that. So where do I go now? And for some reason, people are erupting. They are so angry about Brittany seemingly asking in some type of a, a rude way. The girl cannot... When She cannot win. She will never do right in people's eyes. So much so that there's like petitions started in favor of the 49ers because they just want to shut Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes up. These NFL fans are so mad about Taylor and Brittany. Everybody and their dog is speaking about the Taylor Swift situation. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's either defending her or hating on her and I, I have kind of a different perspective. I think I do understand the fatigue of it all. It is a lot of content. And as someone who covers that content heavily, I can feel exhausted of it. I can feel exhausted of the never-ending stream that we could post, I'm, especially after the AFC game. The amount of prime content there was, it, I was tired, delighted, and I'm a Swifty, so I, I'm eating it up, but I was tired. It's a lot of content. However, the anger towards Taylor and Brittany and Patrick and Travis feels confusing to me. And I'll tell you why. Since 2010, so in the last 14 years, there have been, and this is an exact number, 87 NFL players arrested for domestic violence charges. So if you are going around angry at Taylor Swift inserting herself into the NFL narrative, Angry that she's being shown at games. If you are part of the Taylor Swift is the worst thing to happen to the NFL camp, your anger is so misplaced, it's not even funny. Taylor Swift is the worst thing to happen to the NFL, but 87 players have been arrested on domestic violence charges. And it's not just, you know, players who are cut from teams and we never hear about again. Tyreek Hill is widely considered the best wide receiver in the league. He plays for the Dolphins, and Tyreek Hill has been accused of domestic violence. In 2014, it was reported that he choked his pregnant girlfriend and punched her in the stomach. She was eight months pregnant, and the face. This is before he was in the NFL. He paid $1,000 in fines and court costs. He had an anger management course and an intervention program, and then he was drafted to the NFL, In 2019, so five years ago, police were called to Tyreek Hill's residence to investigate a report of child abuse involving his three-year-old son because the child had sustained injuries. In fact, he had a broken arm. Hill and his girlfriend lose custody of their child. His girlfriend claimed that Hill was the one who broke the child's arm. A month after that, a local news station, Tyreek Hill was with the chiefs at this time, released an 11-minute audio recording that featured him and his fiance discussing the controversy. And in the audio clip, his girlfriend had said, the child said, daddy did it. His girlfriend also told Tyreek that the child was terrified of him. Tyreek's response was, you also should be terrified of me too. The chiefs released Tyreek Hill at this time. And a few months later, they determined that no one could actually prove who injured the child. And the NFL, of course, decided not to suspend Tyree Kill. Now he's the best wide receiver in the league. So this is a long-winded way of saying I feel like there's a lot of misplaced anger. I feel that the fact that we are so angry at Taylor Swift for ruining the NFL or ruining your football games or being a distraction is wildly, wildly misplaced when there's situations like this with active players who are revered and loved and celebrated Deshaun Watson two dozen accounts of sexual assault and there's so many others I feel like I hear about a professional male athlete getting arrested every single week So that's just my two cents on the Taylor Swift situation. I feel a certain way about it. Maybe I'll make a TikTok rant. I feel like people are are into TikTok rants these days. All right, other news this week. A crazy turn of events in the Russian doping scandal in figure skating. If you remember, in 2021, in the Beijing Olympics, there was a 15-year-old figure skater named Camilla Valieva. And she submitted a routine urine sample. It contained a substance that can enhance performance. It's actually like a heart medication, but um, young athletes can take it to enhance their performance. And there was an investigation. Three full years later, they finally suspended her for four years from the sport, starting from the urine sample. And that was taken the month before the Olympics began. So the medals in which she helped her team win in Russia in the team event were um, kind of thrown off. So what they did is they deducted 20 points from Russia's overall title score. And so that means USA won first place. Japan, who was originally third place, went in second place. And that gave Russia the Third place medal, the bronze medal, which in fourth place was Canada. And so Canada is really angry that they didn't just completely kick out Russia from the medal race overall because Canada would have gotten a bronze medal. Really complicated. I think what it boils down to, you keep hearing this phrase, is that there are no winners today. And I think that's so true. A 15 year old girl, I don't know how much say she had in what she was taking. I don't know how much of this was her decision and how much she was influenced to take this substance that would improve her performance. She's clearly a great athlete. She's clearly very talented. She's won gold on, you know, a national level and on a domestic level. But it feels like a young girl was really failed uh, by her country and by her leaders and by her family. And I just feel really sad for her. Of course, she made a grave mistake, but I think also we have to remember she was 15 at the time. So she now is banned from figure skating for one more full year, which means she will be competing in the 2026 Olympics because it will have been four full years of her ban So that will be really interesting to see how that goes. Kylie Kelsey was announced as the new face of a Dove campaign for young female athletes. It's aiming to increase body positivity. Kylie Kelsey is, you know, she's 5'10", she's tall, and she talked about how she used to hate her height, and it used to make her self-conscious. And Dove found that 45% of girls globally drop out of sports each year, and they cite low body confidence as their primary reason. That is so sad. Kylie in this campaign, she wears a jersey that says 45% and she spoke to Glamour kind of about females, young female athletes and she wants to help draw this connection between sports and feeling good about yourself as a a woman. Of course Kylie does. I mean everything Kylie does is really cool and really good and there is not one way to dislike this woman. She just seems good, down to earth. I, I often wonder like how she feels about the Taylor situation and the paparazzi and the publicity. She seems like so happy in all of the pictures that circulate on social media between all of them. She also seems kind of introverted, so who knows? Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, a little bit of drama with him and Travis Kelsey and the Ravens kicker last week, Justin Tucker. So there was a video circulating of Travis tossing Justin Tucker's stuff out of the way and come to find out that Patrick Mahomes was warming up and so he asked Justin Tucker to move his stuff uh, because Justin Tucker actually most kickers do warm up on the opposite end of the field in the other team's end zone and Justin Tucker didn't move his stuff and so Travis Kelsey tossed it aside Travis was kind of being pecked as a bully. Justin Tucker was quoted that it seemed it was silly and kind of all in good fun. But then Patrick Holmes and Travis Kelsey were pissed about the situation. And I think they were angry because it put them in a really bad light. Like it looked like they were being big old bullies to Justin Tucker. However, Justin Tucker is known to be the kicker who kind of like pushes the envelope and where he warms up and you know how much he accommodates other people. I think There's like videos of him going in between cheerleaders and he just doesn't seem to care if he's inconveniencing anyone with his warmup. So that was some drama, some fun NFL drama. Today, we have a little Super Bowl preview. Kind of the next two weeks are going to be Super Bowl focused. But today's a really fun one before we start, if you haven't heard. There's a there's a few little Swifty Invisible strings happening for the Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl 58. Five plus eight equals 13. The game is in Paradise, Nevada at Allegiant Stadium, which is where the Raiders play. New Orleans was actually supposed to be the site. But since this season was expanded to 17 regular games, The Super Bowl was pushed back one week and it conflicted with Mardi Gras. So New Orleans could not have it and will be hosting next year. So it's now in Vegas. The Chiefs are playing the 49ers, 4 plus 9, 13. Let's talk about the 49ers for a second. The last time they went to the Super Bowl was 2019 against the Chiefs. It was the 2019 season, 2020 Super Bowl So this is kind of like a rematch, but the last time they actually won the Super Bowl was 1994. So long time, 20 years, that's 20 years. Finally, another tie to the 13 is this is Taylor Swift's 13th NFL game. Do we know that she'll be there? No, am I quite positive that she'll make her way there? absolutely she's a 10 to 12 if she flies in from tokyo which is where she will be performing the airs tour the night before she can totally make it if you haven't heard everybody and their dog doing the math it's a 13 hour flight but tokyo is 17 hours ahead of las vegas she could get in by saturday night she could get a full night's sleep before the game and if she attends it will be her 13th game 49ers are a one seed chiefs are a three seed One, three, 13. This is Travis's 22nd ever postseason game. 22. American Airlines listed flights um, for the Super Bowl weekend from Kansas City to Las Vegas with the flight number 1989. Cute. Travis Kelsey was drafted in 2013. 13. Brock Purdy wears number 13. And finally, the game is on February 11th. Two plus 11 is 13. It's all, it's all, could it be scripted? I don't know but it certainly feels coincidences in this Swifty universe. I don't hate it, especially because we have a Swifty-inspired line with Bonjour Fate, which is a party supplies company. We have the cutest, girliest line. There's napkins that say, in your football era, there's gold glittery plates. This is the year for a Taylor Swift-themed Super Bowl party. And that line is what you need to make it happen. Alright, what we've got for you today is I'm going to review some of the Super Bowl halftime shows that really stand out. I I took a poll on your favorite halftime shows in Super Bowl history. We're going to go over those, and then we we have a, a fun guest that we were able to bring on in preparation for the Super Bowl in less than two weeks. We got like a week and two days until Super Bowl Sunday. So let's dive right in the super bowl is the most sports ish event ever it is a time when people who don't care about sports who don't know anything about sports who don't watch sports sit down and gather to do exactly that one of my best friends hates sports and she asked yesterday if anyone was hosting a super bowl party i was shook particularly this year you're gonna have more eyes on the super bowl that don't care about sports because they care about certain fans in the stands. The Super Bowl is projected to have a full 50% fan base of women this year. That's new, that's higher than normal. One of the reasons why there is such an ish element or like a pop culture element is because of the halftime show. And there have been some absolutely epic, incredible performances, and we're gonna talk about them today. So. Kind of funny. Prior to 1993, the halftime show at th- in the Super Bowl was like marching bands and mascots, kind of like you would see at a high school or a college game halftime show. It was kind of gimmicky, kind of cheesy, really not very exciting. In fact, other networks would put special programs together for halftime of the Super Bowl to encourage people to change the channel. And in 1992, 22 million people did change the channel during the Super Bowl halftime show. They were putting on something called like the winter show. They had figure skaters and mascots, and they were like trying to make fake snow, and it was really gimmicky. So 22 million people changed the channel, and the NFL said, we're going to do something different. So in 1993, they decided to change it up. This is Super Bowl 27. They approached Michael Jackson, who at the time was one of the biggest pop stars in the world, They approached his management, and I guess they weren't really feeling it. They were a little hesitant. But the producer of the show mentioned that the event would be broadcast in 120 countries. Michael was really excited because his reasoning was, this show is going to be going to places that I'll never, ever get to do a concert. So that's what helped him decide. And henceforth, the Super Bowl halftime show has forever been changed. He came in in 1993, did his iconic halftime show. And that's what started kind of this revolution of mainstream pop stars coming in and singing live during the show, rather replacing like the marching bands and the mascots. A few honorable mentions that weren't, you know, like groundbreaking. But in 1995, they had almost like a play, like a pageant. Indiana Jones, in fact, they were trying to promote the Indiana Jones ride in Disneyland. And so they had an actor dressed as Indiana Jones come and perform this skit. He was like, you know, swinging on ropes all across the stadium. And he was trying to steal the Lombardi trophy, which is, you know, the trophy that the Super Bowl winners get. Uh, Tony Bennett and Patti LaBelle were like singing. Can you feel the love tonight while this was happening? It was honestly the biggest, most confusing train wreck I have ever seen in my life. You can see it on YouTube. It's very strange. It's very odd. This was in 1995. So I think after that, the, the feedback was bad. It was bad. So they started to go back to the Michael Jackson game plan. They brought in Diana Ross next year. She's Everything. She flew off into a helicopter after her performance. 2000 was uh, kind of weird. It was also sponsored by Disney. The highs of it, you know, Phil Collins was there. He sang a song from Tarzan Live. I would do a lot of things to see Phil Collins sing Tarzan Live. The Tarzan soundtrack live. There's nothing better than this Tarzan soundtrack. Also, Christina Aguilera and Enrique Iglesias were there singing like Disney love songs to each other. Also, there was like a giant Mickey Mouse and fireworks. I think after that, they were kind of like X and a on the Disney-sponsored content. Let's, let's just go with the musical guests. And so they did. 2001, one of the most iconic of all time. So the headliners were... Aerosmith and NSYNC. Feels like a weird matchup, but NSYNC is in their heyday. They're in their prime and Aerosmith is always legendary. Justin Timberlake and Steven Tyler are having like dance battles and you know, they're performing Bye 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 live. This was one of the first performances that was live and not lip synced during the halftime show. And you know, I'm going to be honest, NSYNC didn't sound great, but Aerosmith, Steven Tyler sounded phenomenal. And then... Lo and behold, we we have some surprise guests. We have Brittany, we have Mary J Blige, and we have Nelly. Funny enough, this has been a week of Justin and Brittany talk because, you know, Brittany claimed a few weeks ago that Justin made her get an abortion, and Justin performed like a free concert in New York City yesterday. I didn't get to make it down there, but he said I'm not. He basically said I'm not apologizing to anyone. Britney's clapping back on her very unhinged social media. And I watched this Super Bowl performance today and realized that this is one of the years that they were dating. Just really crazy to think where it where it all came to, you know. From those denim outfits and a Super Bowl performance to now like slandering each other in the media. Kind of sad. But the performance is really cool. Nelly also comes in. It was a good one. 2002 was post 9/11, and the country, you know, is in shambles and mourning, and they were not sure what to do for the Super Bowl halftime show. Janet Jackson was originally booked as the performer, but they kind of wanted to reset the tone. They were looking for someone new. One of the producers of the show went to the U2 performance at Madison Square Garden, where Bono paid tribute to all of the victims and. It hit him right then and there that that's who he wanted to perform at the Super Bowl that year and do something very similar to honor the victims. And so U2, who funny enough isn't from the U.S., came and performed this really epic halftime show. And there's this iconic moment when Bono opens up his jacket and you can see the American flag on the inside of his jacket. U2's music is so incredibly emotional and moving and so it feels like it was it was the perfect tribute. 2003 so the year after Shania Twain who's iconic we love her her performance though was a little lackluster I will say Gwen Stefani ended up coming out as the surprise guest and then Sting why why are these why is that the most random group i've ever heard Shania Gwen Sting I don't know 2004 was the Janet Jackson performance which means this year is the 20 year anniversary of Nipplegate at the super bowl mtv produced the show and janet jackson was obviously the headline performer and then she had a bunch of surprise guests nelly was there diddy was there kid rock was there but guess who also showed up justin timberlake this is seared into my memory so deeply i was so young but it was so jarring I was in a room full of like young boys. We had like family friends over. They had all boys. They're all like young. They're they're like seven, eight, nine, ten. There was just this universal gasp and like also delight in the room. I was shook to my core. What's kind of hard about this is it really was kind of the beginning of the end of Janet Jackson's career. And nobody knows to this day who orchestrated the fact that she didn't have a bra on and you know Justin claimed she was supposed to have a bra on after that I guess he was going to rip off like a kilt and in practices the kilt wasn't working so people think that Janet and Justin decided together instead of the kilt let's rip off your top well the top wasn't the only thing that came off but you know Justin Timberlake went on to have a very successful career after this Performance Janet Jackson unfortunately didn't. There's a lot to discuss on what's fair and what's not, but it's honestly a cultural moment, forever remembered in time. There's been rumblings that YouTube was formed after this because everyone wanted to see the video and rewatch the video after it happened. And so, like, the formation of YouTube came as a result of Justin Timberlake pulling Janet Jackson's bra off at the Super Bowl. Wild. The next year, they brought on Paul McCartney. It was kind of like let's go as safe and as boring as it gets. Now, I understand he's a Beatle, iconic. But he just kind of sat there and sang. Such a stark contrast to, you know, the bopping around the stage, the dancing, the choreography, the lights. The whole spectacle that was the year behind him. That was Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. It was like they were just playing it completely and totally as safe as possible. But after Paul McCartney, which was the least controversial thing possible, they invited Prince Prince had probably, in my mind, the best Super Bowl performance by a male ever in time. It started to pour rain and he sang Purple Rain in the pouring rain. This was in 2007. You know, he died in 2016. So it was only nine years before he passed away. And it was an iconic performance. I think it's where I learned to love Prince's music. 2011, Black Eyed Peas. This was very bad. I'm so sorry. I think the Black Eyed Peas are fun. Like, they remind me of seventh grade dances with 12-year-old girls who were dancing to my humps. Like, they had a clue in the world of what they were talking about. But, however, the Super Bowl performance was very bad. The only bright spot was... Usher showing up and doing the splits, which makes me excited for this year. I hope he does the splits again. 2013 though was Beyonce's year. She was the headliner of the Super Bowl and you just won't ever top it. You won't ever top that. Beyonce looks perfect. She sings perfectly. The whole performance is going flawlessly. She's already done the best Super Bowl performance of all time and then Michelle Williams and Kelly Rowland from Destiny's Child pop out. And they sing a song together. It was the most iconic moment in Super Bowl halftime history. And it still stands as my favorite performance ever. My soul left my body the minute that Kelly and Michelle popped out. You know how people say, like, oh, funny, there was a football game at a Rihanna concert. Well, this is where that started. Because that performance truly, in every way, shape, or form, outshined any type of football that was being played. Which in 2013 was the 49ers and the Ravens. Three years later was another iconic. It was Coldplay. Who, you know, you love Coldplay. I feel like every late millennial loves Coldplay. Every late millennial had like a romantic moment with the song Yellow at some point in their lives. But... It was the 50th Super Bowl and so I think they wanted to go big and they brought in Bruno Mars and Beyoncé again who had just performed 3 years prior. It kind of made for this iconic trio of unexpected perfection. Now 2017 was the year of Gaga who started by standing on top of NRG Stadium in Houston singing patriotic songs. Then she quite literally jumped off the top of the stadium. It was so electric and she's so talented. You know, when you talk about being able to hear their their real voices because they're performing live, Gaga was perfect. Every note was perfect. She did 13 and a half minutes of straight dancing and singing and like acrobatics. And she was yelling and she was rocking shoulder pads. And I think Gaga had one of the best performances of all time. It was followed up with Justin Timberlake in 2018. He came back again. This is his third time that he's performed at the super bowl he's performed with n-sync he's performed with janet jackson now he's the headliner this wasn't it for me he wanted to obviously be safe because he had a complicated history at the super bowl but it was honestly boring he did a little tribute to prince that was nice he took that iconic selfie with the kid in the in the crowd that was fun but overall fairly boring 2019 the next year So this is actually interesting because this was the year of Colin Kaepernick. And if you don't know who Colin Kaepernick is, he is a former player who sat during the national anthem to protest against racial injustice. And after that, he started kneeling during the anthem. In 2017, he had filed a grievance against the league, accusing them of collusion to keep him out of the league because of the controversy. He withdrew the grievance in February of 2019 after reaching a settlement with the NFL. But because of that, a lot of performers were standing in solidarity with him and did not want to you know, perform at the Super Bowl. So who did they land on? They landed on frickin' Maroon 5 and it was literally horrendous. I hated every angle of it. Adam Levine still thinks he's a 21 year old frat kid and not one minute of that performance I liked. Travis Scott showed up. I hated it. I hated the whole thing. But the next year was iconic because it was Shakira and JLo. Shakira at age 43, JLo at age 50, it was so, so energetic and so much better than maroon 5 that they could have sang twinkle twinkle little star and i would have loved it because it was not maroon 5. there were people who were offended by you know all the hip shaking but what did they expect this is jenny from the block and hips don't lie j-lo had a documentary come out on netflix that kind of talked about her issues with the nfl and she had been frustrated that she could not have the gig all to herself that she couldn't book it all to herself you know to her point when you have to split the show the show's only 12 minutes long and so if you're splitting it with someone else you only have six minutes to perform so JLo's point was if you're gonna have a double headliner give us more time but of course the NFL said no you know whether or not she was happy to perform in it it looked amazing they the fact that Lo was 50 when she did it it blows my mind The next year, though, was pretty restricted by COVID. It was the weekend, and he had to perform on kind of like a a stage that was on the side rather than in the middle of the field. So I felt bad for him. I'm not a weekend girl, uh, but I feel like he handled it well. It was obviously not one of the more compelling ones because he had all of those restrictions. 2022, I have no words. Dr. Dre and Friends, there had never been a hip-hop-centric headliner, so it was kind of like, we've never done this, let's do it all. Let's put them all in there. There were so many highlights, Snoop Dogg and his blue tracksuit. Mary J. Blige, she was 51 when she did it. She belted so hard she, like, collapsed on the stage of exhaustion. 50 Cent rolling in like a pinata, like a bat, making a comeback. Eminem was there, Kendrick Lamar, of course, Dr. Dre, It was iconic and probably the best of all time. Now, last year was Rihanna's return to music. So Rihanna obviously took some time off. She became a mom. She was busy being a billionaire, literally a billionaire from Fenty. And she didn't really need music, but she came back. She headlined Super Bowl 2023, pregnant with her second child. By the way, it's like really hard to breathe when you're pregnant. Like, that's not a made-up thing. The lung capacity is limited. And she wasn't just breathing. She was dancing. She was doing, like, the, you know, the flick of the butt with her hand in the back. The visuals were amazing. There were floating platforms. I was hoping Jay-Z would come on for Umbrella. I was hoping for some collaboration. But I kind of loved that she didn't bring anyone on because it really showed how she could stand on her own two feet. She didn't need to have another collaborator. She closed with diamonds. She was kind of doing this like chasse with her pregnant belly sticking out in this long trench coat. It was really empowering. I loved Riri. When I asked you guys who your favorite halftime show of all time was, the order in which you you voted. Now, don't hate me. This This was your choosing. You chose Hip-hop, Dr. Dre and Friends, number one. Beyonce, number two. Number three, Coldplay, Bruno, and Beyonce. Number four, Gaga. Number five was a tie between Prince and Katy Perry. Oh, Katy Perry, I didn't even touch on. How, how did I miss Katy Perry? Katy Perry was 25. 20- 15. And I know this because it was the Super Bowl that I met my husband. And so, you know, we were kind of like making small talk at the Super Bowl party meeting for the first time, and the left shark became our conversation starter. Then he asked me for my number. Now I've been married for eight years. After the tie between Prince and Katy Perry, it was Rihanna. Now the question is, is Usher going to be up there? He's collaborated with so many people, including Alicia Keys, Chris Brown, Gucci Mane, Beyonce, Lil Wayne, Justin Bieber, Ludacris, Pitbull, Diddy, and Rick Ross. I'd say the chances of a surprise guest are high, but I'm so excited to see what he chooses to sing. He's an incredible dancer, I'm sure he'll be 10 out of 10. Amazing. When I asked who you guys wanted to see your dream Super Bowl halftime request. Now it's no surprise that the number one submitted answer I got was Taylor Swift. But I'm gonna be honest, if I were Taylor Swift and I had seen how I've been perceived within the NFL, how I've been perceived every time the NFL posts my face, I wouldn't want to do it. I would not want to perform if that was the scrutiny that I knew I was being set up for so way to go NFL fans you probably just lost out Taylor on any type of future performance because if I were her and that had been my experience with the fans I wouldn't do it you know these people don't get paid to perform at the Super Bowl it's simply publicity it's simply helping them raise that they release a new album and Usher is releasing a new album in fact So literally on Super Bowl Sunday, he's releasing his new album, which is called Coming Home. And it's a great idea because people remember how much they like the music, and then they go, buy your songs, buy your albums. So while they're not paid financially, Mary J. Blige was previously quoted as saying that payoff comes in people listening to your music and what you have previously put out. We're going to end this podcast episode with our lovely guest, Tatiana. Tatiana is dating Niners... Player, Braden Willis. Now, Braden is a rookie. He was drafted in 2023 to the 49ers. What a rookie season! He played five years at Oklahoma, and that's where he met Tatiana. And we just chatted about the Super Bowl and what she was excited for and how she's been embraced by the Niners' wives. They've got such a fun little crew over there. So I was so excited to talk to her ahead of watching her man play in the Super Bowl. Okay, well, Tatiana, I'm so excited to chat with you quickly about the Super Bowl. I know you have so much going on in the next, like, week and a half. How do you feel?
1: I'm really excited because this whole entire year has been a long process. Um, He got drafted in the seventh round, which was a bit late for him. And so the anticipation of him getting drafted and waiting until the last day was a lot. And so it just all made it worth it going to the Super Bowl he's had a long rough year with everything going on um so he's excited all his hard work and the team's hard work is um has been worth it and it's it's very
0: exciting yeah well he's no stranger to seventh round draft picks because his leading star quarterback was literally the last draft pick crazy crazy So I feel like that's probably given Brayden a lot of help and confidence is working with guys who have worked really hard to get to where they are now. How's the camaraderie with the team? It's great.
1: I've met a good chunk of the guys and of course, they're women. Um, All the guys and their wives are amazing. I've had some of the uh, vet, the vet wives um, help me out learn about this NFL girlfriend wife stuff. So yeah. they've been so sweet. The guys have been amazing to Brayden. It it really does feel like a family. It's nice when we all get together. Um because it can get lonely at times, especially when you're a wife and they're gone yeah. almost all day, which people I feel like didn't don't know about how much they're gone. Yeah. I didn't even know until I got here how long he'd be gone for. So It was definitely a big change coming, but everyone has been so sweet, especially us being rookies and everything. So it's been nice.
0: Yeah. What a rookie year to go to the Super Bowl, your rookie year. (laughs) Um, So tell us kind of about you, your guys' love story, how you met and started dating.
1: So I have a friend who goes to Oklahoma where he played football. And I had actually been up there a few times for like, Halloween parties whatever just to go visit her and everything and it wasn't until last year which was his final year his fifth year um we ended up or I ended up going to a Halloween party and he was like they had a game that day I forgot who they were playing but he said if I win I'm gonna go out to his best friend who lived with my friend and so she sent a picture of me with his dog and he was like who's that and um so she told him, and he was like, okay, I'm coming over if we win, yada, 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 to meet her. And so he ended up coming over. We met. I was super shy. I didn't even know what was going on or that he had seen a picture of me. Yeah. And he was super sweet and everything. And then later on, he got my number, and we were hanging out the rest of the night. And the rest has been history. We've been Aww. stuck together like glue since then.
0: Oh, So how long has
1: it been? It's. Going on a year and a half. So still fresh and new, but it's been fun.
0: What a big year to be dating the year he goes into the NFL, drafted and going to the Super Bowl.
1: Exactly. I only got to watch him play in person one college game. And then I got to watch like three other games that he played in. So I I didn't really know too much about football besides like high school level because of my brother. Okay. So it's also like Been I've been thrown a lot of information the last year with everything going on so it's overwhelming um a lot of emotions going into all of this and then moving in together it's just everything just happened so fast but it's coming it's slowing down a little so yeah yeah we're ready for off season though so we're excited for that
0: yeah I've interviewed quite a few like wives and girlfriends and their number one thing is like off season is the best time in the world.
1: We're ready to just relax a little bit, especially him. He's been go, go, go. Especially after his last college game, it was training, traveling Mm -hmm. to wherever he was going for football right? and the draft. And then he only got a month off, which was nice in July last year before um, training camp. So then it's just go, 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 go. So I know he's ready, especially for off season. And I'm excited to spend time with him, more time with him. So yeah, Yeah. we're we're ready. Yeah super bowl win hopefully
0: right before off season is the super bowl so tell us about yeah. your plans for the super bowl and when you're headed to vegas so
1: um i'm actually cleaning up a lot today because um i leave tomorrow for texas and that's where we're based out of so yeah. i'm just i have my mom who does hair my sister who does nails lashes nice. all this will be my prep week back at home love it but, um All the girls are planning on leaving on Friday they the team actually got us a family plane or whatever they're doing which is really nice totally Uh, because things start to add up especially with hotels and everything going on um so they got us a plane Friday all the family leaves to Vegas we'll be there until Monday um, which is nice, but they're very great at accommodating um, hotels for the family and discounts yeah. for families and all of that. So it's been a really nice process. The girls are in a group chat, all the wives and girlfriends, and we're yeah. talking about makeup artists, the day of Super Bowl outfits and yeah. everything going on. It's a bit, it's stressful, but in a fun way, kind of, yeah. everything out, of course, but a lot of the girls are getting custom outfits done. I'm getting a custom outfit done. Okay. His last name and everything. Yes. And it's a lot of fun. But, yeah, it's just preparation for this week and everything. So um, until Super Bowl, we get there. So there will be some events, I know, um, that some of the girls are going to. One of – Claire Kittle is doing something for the family and all of that. So, yeah. Um, we're just getting information as we're going but right yeah. now that's the plan of
0: course. Okay, so fun that will be just I can't even imagine such a cool week <laughs> with you and the other wives and girlfriends. Um so your custom design, can you tell us anything about it? Can you give us a little preview?
1: Yeah, of course. So, um Outfits this year, I haven't really gone all out, but next season, now that I know how everything is, I definitely want to have more custom outfits and things prepared in advance for next season. But for Super Bowl, of course, I wanted to do um, something special, so I got his signature, and I have it across my corset, and we're still planning what more to do with the corset, Um, and then I have – it's a matching set, so the pants, one leg will – have his number, and just Super Bowl, Super Bowl, whatever Super Bowl 58. number. Yeah, 58 on yeah. it. And um, we're still designing more things, but right now that's what I have going on. But I know that needs to be shipped to me pretty soon. Yeah. So, so that I have a backup outfit just in case because, I mean, there's a lot going on. And I know uh, the woman I'm doing it with, she has like eight other outfits she's doing. So just in case any mailing mishap or anything, I yeah. have a backup outfit but um that's the plan right now for my outfit so I'm trying to do something special for Mm -hmm. him and everything I
0: cannot wait to see well and I'm sure a lot of the wives are also have used or are using Kristen music yes
1: uh I know Claire has used her multiple times Olivia obviously has used her um I know just Kristen is so busy right now so I'm not sure who else um, or if she's even able to, because I know she's no. probably doing her own custom uh, outfit for the Super Bowl, which is yeah. amazing. She's been doing so great with yeah. everything on, especially her NFL licensing uh, so deal. Cool. Yeah, so that cool. is so amazing. That's so great for her and women in general. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm sure she's stirring up something for her outfit fit. I'm excited to see. I'm always excited to see her every single weekend with whatever she has on. So yeah. that's awesome. yeah. Yeah
0: so 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 cool and I just like clearly works very hard so it's all very deserving
1: yeah it's great it's amazing we have a really great group of women um for the 49ers or organization and everything which is so great I hear stories about other teams and all that so I'm glad to be put in an organization just off the bat with great women great guys great everyone staff and all of that, it's made it a whole lot easier because you definitely need a great group of women yeah. to just be around and to be helpful. And I've had multiple questions. Everyone's been so sweet and kind with helping me out and all of that. So it's it's been great. It's been a good geek- rookie year.
0: What is the uh, the talk amongst the wives about the Chiefs and who the Chiefs are bringing with them mostly? Oh, my goodness. Um,
1: of course... People are, are excited for Taylor and yeah. all that. Um, I know uh a bunch of the girls are friends with a lot of the chief women and they're excited. Um, just again, friendly competition and all of that. But yeah. all the girls are always so sweet to each other whenever we're playing or seeing another group of women from a different team. Um, but we're excited. I mean, hopefully girls are uh saying like they'll run into Taylor or whatever. But um it it's great. It's a fun and I know there's jokes going around on the internet about like it's Taylor versus the uh 49ers women and all of that. So yeah. it's it's fun seeing everything going on online and all of that. But the girls are excited. Everyone's uh pumped for the Super Bowl weekend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well Taylor's not the only celebrity coming. Are you an Usher fan?
1: Oh yeah. I'm so excited for that halftime show. I know like for Super Bowl halftime, that's just like an amazing experience in general. So that's just awesome. I know um, in general going to a Super Bowl, but tickets and all of that are just beyond expensive. So the fact (laughs) that we get to go and all of that is so cool, especially to experience Usher and all of that in person is going to be so fun.
0: So I know like sometimes the team provides tickets and sometimes they don't for games. So do you guys get complimentary access to the Super Bowl?
1: Um y- yes, the guys get a discounted price which is okay. obviously nice to them. It's still a good amount of money. Um yeah. I know it ranges from like 4,000 to 5,000 per ticket for the guys. Yeah. Um and, I mean, if you don't want to use the complimentary, like, family area that they have provided, yeah, you can go buy your own ticket. But those are whatever they're selling. So, that can yeah. be 10000 up. So, okay. I know a majority of the 49ers families are using whatever they're able to get from the 49ers organization and all of that. Okay. But they've been very helpful. Um the guys get 13 tickets each. Uh, if you don't use all 13, you can give them to other people uh, that need them for bigger groups of family members coming and all of that. Um, yeah, again, they've been really helpful with accommodating the families with plane tickets, hotels, the actual tickets. Yeah. Um, I know there's buses to each because there's two hotels. So from getting okay. over to each hotel um shuttling to the stadium and all of that. And then I know there's after party things. Um someone rented out a club or something for the family. But of course there's gonna be guys going to different clubs and yeah wanting to go here there. So um it's nice that they did that for the family though the club that they rented out. So all the family can go there for a little while, hang out and then I guess, disperse and do whatever you want to do at the end of the day. But it, it's great. They made this a very easy process. Good. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's huge. Well,
0: what a season to be a rookie for Braden and for you. That's really thrown into the fire. But for real, <laughs> so much fun. So many fun things to expect. Before we let you go, tell me about you and your interest in sports. And are you a sports fan? Have you been a sports fan before?
1: Yes. So, I mean, I played sports growing up. Uh, I did AAU track. Track was really my thing. I played basketball and volleyball and all of that. But track was really mainly my thing. I looked up to Sydney McLaughlin and all of that. So, um, and then again, like I said before, I knew football because of my brother but he was also on defense so I knew more so that end of it um so I'm always asking Brayden like hey what is this what is that or what you just do or whatever um but going into this um it's been fun the football side of it and just learning a new sport and everything and then obviously the girls have their own football lingo and just I guess in basic terms yeah guys talk and all of that right but, um this football journey has been fun it's um especially when your significant other is playing you just get more deeply invested totally. especially ultimately you don't want him to get hurt or anything is my biggest thing but the the guys are tough of course they're gonna have some scrapes and bruises and all that but yeah it's a, it's a dangerous sport but they they hold up very well so it's yeah
0: it's impressive okay and are the Niners, are they coming away with the win? I know you're biased, but what do you think?
1: I really think they are, especially I know they played them four years ago in 2020. Um, from the looks of it and what from what I've heard, that really hurt a lot of the guys and they they really wanted to be back in this position and all of that. So I think they're going to they're going to put up a fight. I I think they've got it, but I know they're going to put up a really great fight in order yeah. to get there. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, looking for revenge a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Well, we're cheering for you, for Braden, for the Niners. And thank you so much for giving us some insight. We cannot wait to see your outfit.
1: Thank you. I'm excited.
0: I'm yeah, excited. Send us, send us some pics when you take it. <laughs> I will. Okay, thank you so much, Tatiana. It was so nice thank to you. meet
1: you. Thanks for having me.
0: That's going to do it for us today on the Sportsish podcast. Join us next week. We have some really iconic voices on the podcast joining us. You're not going to want to miss our official Super Bowl preview dropping next Friday. We'll see you then.